Hello everyone, it is entirely the wrong day for an episode of Crash, but here I am. Thanks for tuning in, you are listening to the aforesaid Crash, the UK Geek Podcast, episode 409, recorded on Saturday the 23rd of October 2021, and the time when I started recording was coming up to... 2300 hours. So yes, we are even recording at the correct time, just on a slightly odd day, though it has been quite a while since our last broadcast. Let us start with the state of the pod, and that is the state of me. I changed my profile name from the captain to wizard on Twitter, Because my life is stressful, and I prefer comfortable slippers and a warm laboratory that perhaps would be the abode of a wizard, rather than boarding ships with a dagger clenched between my teeth. Though, when you think about it, fireballs and dragons sound rather trying as well. I don't really know where I am with that. (laughs) But why wizard, you say? Well... When I started writing a tech column long ago, it was suggested by my editor that I call myself a tech guru, which is not cultural appropriation because I am actually a Hindu. Holy cow, yeah. I was too modest to do that at the time and settled on merely calling my column techie talk. Now, bugger modesty. In addition to feeling burnt out, as you may have gathered from my saying that my life is stressful about 10 seconds ago, and being thoroughly the squishy wizard weakling, it's been days of troubles here. I'm pissed off with everything. I'm a physical wreck. I'm a mental wreck. I'm just tired. Every day I get up and feel like I have simultaneously achieved both something and nothing. In other words, the daily grind gets done, while what I want to accomplish does not get done. You could call that Schrodinger's GTD. What am I talking about? Okay, let me give you an example. And that example is my website, where I'm trying to edit documents that are on there. Unfortunately, I have 12 years of blog posts to sift through and grep the Unix command line utility can only get me so far. And there are other utilities that I regularly use as well, but yeah, there isn't a quick fix to this. There is no script wand that I can wave, a script that I can write to text process a million file changes, or for that matter, to solve the problems of my life. Which neatly brings us on to World Mental Health Day. October the 10th was World Mental Health Day. The WHO, the World Health Organization, said... Mental health care for all. Let's make it a reality. In theory, that's a great idea. Except, I live in the UK, 
where I know from personal experience it is far from a reality, despite those ads you see on TV. I'm now addressing the people who hold the budgetary purse strings. By all means, celebrate the day, but also actually do something constructive. Don't just be complacent and give yourself a nice pat on the back on World Mental Health Day. There's a crisis out there, and something needs to be done. On that slightly heavy topic, let's move on to something even heavier and talk about genocide. I read an article in the Times of Israel. It's titled, Special Report, Campaigning for Uyghurs, Resolute Pursuit of Justice. It's a real eye-opener of an article into the collusion of Western companies through forced labour of the persecution of the Uyghur minority in China. Later, and when I mean later, I mean earlier today, after listening to Terry Gross interview Oscar Isaac because of his starring role in Dune, I came across an Australian film called Balibo from 2009 that Oscar Isaac starred in and which is set in the background of the East Timor, now called Timor-Leste, genocide perpetrated by the Indonesian government. It seems to me like this crap never ends. While we're on the subject of imperialism and colonialism, I also found an article about the theft of the Koinor diamond that's jammed into our Queen's crown. Rather than shout for ten minutes about this as someone of Indian descent, I'll point you at this article, and that's called The True Story of Koinor, that's K-O-H hyphen I hyphen N-double-O-R, The True Story of the Koinor Diamond and Why the British Won't Give It Back. The article is by Lorraine Boissonneau and is in the Smithsonian Magazine. Let us leave behind just about every depressing piece of personal and world news, and I didn't even mention COVID, which, by the way, the cases are going up in the UK. Let's leave all that behind and try and aim for something a little more positive. Given by what a rough time it's been lately, for me, personally, I was reminded of something from Doctor Who. New Who. The Twelfth Doctor says, be kind, before regenerating into his thirteenth incarnation in the Doctor Who 2017 Christmas special. And that seems like good advice. Finally, in the pre-show section, Captain Kirk in space. You knew I'd do that. William Shatner, Star Trek's Captain Kirk, made it into space on the 13th of October with a free ride on Jeff Bezos's rocket. <laughs> that whole line just sounds wrong. 
<laughs> Captain Kirk went for a ride on Jeff Bezos's rocket. What is wrong with me? <laughs> oh, okay. Twitter follower at Lawny10 suggested Star Trek slingshot time travel could have catapulted the unfortunate Chatner back to the Stone Age. It didn't, and the Shatner lives. Crash salutes the Shatner. Okay, let us move into culture and the actual show itself. <laughs> oh, at last. I saw the Needle in the Time Stack trailer. When I saw it, nothing unusual struck me about the film. It looked fairly ordinary a fairly ordinary science fiction film. But something about the title seemed so very familiar that it led me on a Google search, and it's a short story by Robert Silverberg that I am sure that I've read before a very long time ago, and I only know that I've read it before from the title. I cannot remember a thing about the story. The thing is, I'm a huge fan of Robert Silverberg, and as I do these revisits of Doctor Who, surely at some stage I must talk more about this brilliant writer, along with Bob Shaw and other authors from times past, who have influenced me greatly. Since I've mentioned Bob Shaw, someone, if you're out there in movie-making land, please adapt Bob Shaw's The Two-Timers or something else by him, or hire me to do it. Really, you have to read The Two-Timers by Bob Shaw. Excellent and strange romance across the timelines. Next, let us discuss my Halloween playlist. That is really simple, because this year's Halloween playlist at Castle Royenstein is the Fear Street Trilogy. Are we talking about that on a future podcast? Next. I just wanted to be rude and say screw science fiction dystopias, because I feel that too much of science fiction today is obsessed with disaster, which may sound a little rich coming from someone as cynical as me, and... Perhaps you may think misanthropic, but you'd be wrong. I'm just a bit miserable. Science fiction, particularly contemporary science fiction, is just totally focused on things going wrong by extrapolating current trends that few authors or other types of creative even attempt to write the path to a better future. They their agents, and publishers, and financiers, have decided misery sells, so why bother doing anything else? If the low expectations of the outcomes of the upcoming COP26 are any indication, those in charge have given up on the entire planet as well. It's not just creatives, it's governments and politicians... That doesn't mean we, as authors and artists and other people in creative media, have to follow suit. 
for example, the latest adaptation of something that I'm interested in watching is Isaac Asimov's Foundation. In the Foundation novels, the galaxy falls, but there is a plan to save it. That is idealistic, utopian science fiction. As creatives, let us do more of that, and less of the throwing your hands in the air and just saying, you know what, sod it all. It's all going to hell. Why bother doing anything? I'm going to fiddle while Rome burns. Don't do that. (laughs) Now the Batman. Oh my god. What the hell is it with Colin Farrell's Penguin? When I first saw the character design, I was okay with that. And then I heard him say some words. So now, the Penguin's an Italian-American mobster. Do you know what this is like? This is like Cockney Penguin all over again. Do you remember Cockney Penguin? (laughs) Look, Penguin is a wasp gangster, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant gangster. Or maybe he's Catholic, I don't know. But he's pale And he's that kind of mid-Atlantic, Ivy League-ish American who you might find in something like, oh, what was that show? Mad Men. How could I have possibly have forgotten that? He is a Yankee Billy Bunter with a Tommy gun. Get him right, you chumps. Get him right. I'm not actually ferociously angry about it because my expectations for The Batman aren't that high. I'm sure Robert Pattinson's a fine actor, except for in that film where he played a really villainous French knight. Or king. Or knight. Or king. I don't know. Can't remember. Timothy Chalamet was in it as well. I'm not going to Google that. So, yes, the opinion of Crash is that the Penguin is not that an impressive version. I think the best recent really good version of the Penguin was from Gotham. And yeah, that was slightly different, but it wasn't weirdly strange as this version. Okay, gotta move on now. Scream. There is a new Scream film coming in 2022. All the characters that we know and love, Sydney, Gale, Dewey, they're all back as well. I don't really know how to feel about it. I like the original characters. In fact, last year's Halloween playlist was the entire Scream back catalogue. But I don't know. I'll probably see it, of course. I'll review it. I might even enjoy it. But let's be completely honest. This, like Halloween Kills, which we will be talking about, is another nostalgia cash-grabbed aimed at horror nerds like me. Let's lighten the tone for a second. Young Frankenstein. I'm always mentioning this film because I love it so much. There are lots of 
things in my speech, references that I use from pop culture, and many of them that I use quite a lot from the film Young Frankenstein. I recently tried to explain to my mother why Young Frankenstein's Frau Blucher is so stupendously funny. Even using video clips, I failed miserably to adequately describe the comedic brilliance of Cloris Leachman, who in reality was quite a non-drab-looking person. Her transformation into the deranged Frau Blucher was so brilliant and so difficult to translate into words. It's one of those things that you just have to see. Ah, Young Frankenstein, what a movie. Let's move on to some horror horror rather than comedic horror with The Night House that I saw recently. There are going to be a couple of minor spoilers. So if you don't want to hear anything, skip about... Two minutes. I recently got up at three in the morning, not being able to sleep, and I watched this horror movie about a woman whose architect husband kills himself, but leaves behind a creepy puzzle for her to solve. Here's a spoilery bit, because what I just said before is just a general treatment that doesn't really give too much away that you wouldn't be able to understand from the trailer. There is a character who is unnamed. I'm going to call him the Nothing Man. That doesn't spoil too much. You'll know what I mean when you see him. I'm just wondering, after having seen the film, who the Nothing Man was. Was he the devil? Was he death? Was he a miscellaneous git from the other side? Whoever was behind the design character or creature design, I'm not sure what you'd call it. Well done. The Nothing Man cutout effect was extremely troubling for me. And that doesn't happen too often. On to another film that I've seen recently. And by the way, these two films, The Night House and The Manor, which is what I'm about to talk about were released very recently. In the manor, we have an ageing, ailing dancer who checks herself into a care home and immediately regrets her decision when she discovers a lethal nightmare monster stalking the frail residents. That's what the film's about. I'm not going to go into too many details because it's too new. But I will say that I loved the ending, which displeased others on Twitter. To those others, I say too bad. That was an excellent ending. (laughs) I didn't bugger that up like that journalist with the Eternals. Was it the Eternals? Oh dear. Ah, what a cock up. Anyway, on to the last film that I saw recently, and that is Halloween Kills. 
This is the latest 2021 sequel to Halloween from 2018. Jamie Lee Curtis is still in it. It is yet another attempt at continuing Michael Myers' reign of terror. I would say the film is okay. It is, as you would expect, quite gory. It has something to say about taking the law into one's own hands and mob mentality. But after 12 Halloween films, let's let Michael stay dead and buried. The poor chap needs a bit of a lie down and a rest from all the stabby stabby. Moving away from film to TV, I'm curious to see what Netflix does with The Midnight Club, which is a new TV show, as I read the Christopher Pike novel that it is based on a long time ago. I believe also that it's not just based on that novel, but other parts of Christopher Pike's canon. The novel is a good but very dark and very emotionally heavy read. And I do wonder how they will translate that tone to the screen without turning it into misery porn. That's The Midnight Club, coming sooner or later. The Expanse Season 6 is also upcoming. I watched the trailer. I can't wait, but I hope it ends. Things end. The universe will end. Get used to it, people. It's all going to be over soon. (laughs) Ah, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm supposed to be getting your spirits up. Okay, next. Diamond Software. Roger Diamond and his Lost Games. This is a documentary by At The Digital Orph, as in Orphan. It is a film about an almost unheard of Spectrum developer who was on the autism spectrum as well. His life was greatly improved when he discovered home computers and he had some success as an early games developer. If you're into retro games, Sinclair Spectrums and ZX Spectrums, this YouTube video is for you. While we're talking about games, let us move on to a recent blitz on old games that I had. I died quickly, speedrunning in NetHack, Doom RL, that's the Doom roguelike, a fan-made game, Galaxian, which is genuinely old as well as NetHack, Hexen, another old game, and even Sheep, the 16-bit Windows. I hesitate to say game, it was more like a little on-screen thing that you could just watch passively. I even managed to lose at that. How did I manage to lose? Well, I dropped one of my poor sheep, and it died. I don't think anyone's ever speedrun sheep. (laughs) 
away from the digital and into the analog and the Great Dalmuti. I bought the Great Dalmuti, which is a very old card game given the Dungeons and Dragons treatment. I haven't played it yet, but I do love the dark gothic fantasy art, which is just my bag or just my coffin. One downside of this game, which isn't actually too expensive, it's about £12. I do, though, wish that the cards were a little larger. In size, they're a little smaller than normal playing cards, which, by the way, normal playing cards are really hard to pick up off a linoleum floor. Ask me how I know? Okay, I'll tell you. I was waving my cards around the other day. I don't know why I was doing that. And I was in the kitchen and I threw them all up in the air because I'm a clumsy git. And then had to play 54 pickup. That is it for most of the geek stuff this week that I was going to talk about concerning media. Let's move on to music. As I was saying, I have not been sleeping, which isn't anything new. But not sleeping did allow me to discover the talents of Helen Money's distorted hell cello on Reddit's Doom Metal thread. That's where I also found the <laughs> slightly eccentric English band Froglord. Oh, I do like Doom and Drone Doom and Doom Drone and... Ah, talking of Drone, there's bagpipes in the latest version of the Dune film. Hmm. We'll talk about that on a future episode. As you know, I listen to many other podcasts. One of those podcasts is the BBC Ouch podcast. It's, and I hesitate to say this, a disability podcast. I really hate that word. I was a few minutes into the 6th of October episode when they mentioned something which I couldn't help reacting to, and I may have trolled them mildly on Twitter. They reference something called maladaptive coping strategy, and I pondered whether that included booths, and also that I find sulking in my black hoodie both therapeutic and excellent preparation for galactic domination. On the subject of ouch, I am still waiting for my invitation to ouch. I don't know where it is. Is it lost in the post? Have they set fire to it? Probably the latter. Why does everything have to be positive? Positivity? Puh. You can be both productive and negative. Look at Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe. Did I mention that there's a TV show coming about Edgar Allan Poe? I think... I don't know. I don't think I have. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Sorry, I digressed. Let's move on to technology. Do you remember 
old General Blackblood. General Blackblood, a character from 2000 AD's The ABC Warriors. He is a war criminal robot leader. Not really relevant, but it is the nickname of my microphone, a Behringer XM8500, which I'm currently speaking into. Why is that relevant? Well, I've been mucking about with mics. I've been swapping between the Shure SM58 and this one over and over again, because what I've read is that the Shure is a much better mic, and I'm easily influenced. But my experimentation, agonizingly slow and repetitive and iterative experimentation with a sample group of one, that's me, has concluded that this is bollocks. The XM8500 is better than the Shure, and so it's on my mic stand again. If you think I may be losing my mind with all this testing of mics in my signal chain, you would be right. I am losing my mind. I still need a better mic. But what that better mic is, I haven't a clue. I keep on pausing in between words because I'm editing out expletives. <laughs> Let's move on to Apple hardware and the never-ending money pit that it is. The iPhone 13 and the very new MacBook Pro and Pro Max are all technically brilliant products. Excellent machines, well-engineered but they are a money pit because of their intentional unrepairability. Of course, Apple is far from the only company locking us out of the things we buy and that belong to us and are there to do with as we see fit. While some technical boffins have managed to delve into the guts of some of these newer Apple machines, most of us, even the wizardy folks, are really not up to the task. This is a problem because although companies like Apple will often boast about how recyclable this particular product is, without considering the energy and the financial cost of constantly upgrading, it is time for legislative change, which is happening as we speak. That is going to happen because these greedy bastards will fight tooth and claw to lock us out of our own possessions. This next thing is just a little curious, and that is to do with my email. Do you want to know some stats about my email? Well, let me tell you. So far this year, I have received roughly 510 to 20 emails. However, I have only sent 27 emails. <laughs> that is a crazy ratio. The ratio has been going that way for a number of years, but seeing it like that is just strange. Do you remember a time when we were receiving and sending thousands and thousands of emails? Do you remember a time when we were using landlines? Do you remember a time when we were speaking to people on the phone? 
on the normal phone, not WhatsApp or Signal. Wow, things have changed. And next. <laughs> oh, okay. My stupid Hitachi TV that I bought to replace a perfectly good Alba TV has a remote control with a separate aspect ratio button. Of course, the bloody thing isn't activated by the normal menu button through which you get most things. No, it's a completely different button. It's a different button. It's a bloody well different button. It is a button that I thought was to do with DVD playback because it was on another section of the remote. And by the way, while I'm on the subject of this annoying remote, the buttons on this Hitachi remote control are so flat and similar to each other that you can't tell what you're pressing without looking at it. And no, it's not backlit either. Okay, back to the main thing about that aspect ratio thingy. Why is that important? Well, now that I've found this button, I can finally watch YouTube videos on my Roku without having bits cut off. This is especially noticeable when you're watching someone do something on their own computer screen and they've used OBS and they're showing you what they're doing. The edges are usually cut out and that's because the aspect ratio was set up wrong. Yes, it was set to auto, which maybe confuses the TV because I swap between two devices. I swap between the Roku and my Raspberry Pi running Libra Elec through a HDMI switch box. The point is, I can now see the bits of the screen and they're not cut off anymore. And I can also stop blaming both Roku and YouTube for not getting their act together and producing an app that actually works. Turns out it wasn't their fault in the first place. It was my TV. <laughs> you know what? If they're not responsible for cocking this up and it's my fault, they're responsible for so many other things not working, especially YouTube. So they can just suck up my misplaced ire in this instance. Does it sound like I'm at the end of my tether this week? Well, you'd be right, but I'm not just at the end of my life tether. I'm at the end of my everything tether. I'm at the end of my tech tether. I'm at the stage where almost every piece of equipment that I regularly use needs upgrading. If even one device dies, that is it. I go dark. It is like staring at the doomsday clock ticking down to the last few seconds of the apocalypse. Tangent. The traffic warden survives in the TV show Threads. Typical. Bloody traffic wardens. Oh yeah, the doomsday clock. I did have a look at that also recently, and it is incredibly close to midnight. We have almost done the planet in. And on that cheery note, let us move on to the very last and slightly more cheery topic. Depending on your point of view, some may not agree with me. As well as 
doom, drone, metal, punk, rock, the usual stuff that you would assume that I like. I love disco. <laughs> and not only that, but of all my YouTube playlists, the disco mixtape that I've put together is the most popular. The trouble with YouTube is ads. But there is a solution. If you want a party like it's 1970-something, copy the URLs of the individual videos into a VLC playlist, and then play the playlist, and that should skip the ads. That trick should still work, though it's been a few years since I tried it myself. If it doesn't work, let me know, because that sucks. And we need a solution to skip all those crappy YouTube ads. And man, there's been so many lately. Even on some of the less visited channels, with only a few hundred views, the ads are just inescapable. I have been talking for a long time, and I'm tired now. That is it. There is nothing for me to add in the creative section. There is nothing for me to add in the after show. The show that you've just listened to is made by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy or click on the contact or support link on the website. Yes, the support link is actually in the header of my website now. You can click it and tip me a couple of galactic dollars or universal groats. Wait a minute, it's galactic groats and universal credits. <laughs> I'm blathering and that isn't a bit I'm not trying to be funny. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd, and creative wizard, and particularly for those aficionados of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. This episode was recorded on Saturday the 23rd of October 2021, and the time at the end of the show is... I can barely see... Um, okay, 23.55.50. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!